This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So, what's on our plate today? Today, we are sharing the story of pears. Pears are among the oldest cultivated fruits, and their history can be traced back to ancient times. They've long been admired in many cultures throughout the East and the West, like in Spain, where the expression esto es la pera, which translates as this is the pear, is used to refer to an exceptionally gratifying situation or experience. Still, the pear's popularity has seemingly always been second to its produce cousin, the apple, in cultivation and cuisine, as well as in art and literature. In fact, world production of pears is only about one quarter that of apples. Maybe that's because getting the perfect pear is actually quite difficult. They must be carefully picked and then ripened to achieve maximum quality. Unlike apples, many pear varieties do not ripen on the tree. They are picked when they are mature but still hard and will need anywhere from two to five days to fully ripen at room temperature. Hence, pears in stores are often underripe and need to ripen further at home. But that also requires the knowledge and patience to let your pear ripen properly. Or maybe it's because growers have to contend with the pear's low hardiness, early flowering, susceptibility to blight and pests, and the inherent difficulty of handling the fruit, which bruises easily. And because of their shape, it's tougher to pack than, say, apples. Nevertheless, the modern market has revived an interest in unique old varieties of produce items like apples and tomatoes, and it seems as though the world is rediscovering the rich diversity of pear varieties that exist as well. In America, purchase rates of fresh pears have been on the rise for the last two decades, and it's about time the pear step out of the apple's shadow and show off its own long, rich history of use and importance around the world. So let's start with the basics. A pear is a temperate climate fruit with varied size, shape, texture, and flavors. In general, they have an elongated shape, being narrow at the stem end and broader at the bottom, a shape that is well-recognized and has inspired both designers and architects throughout history. Pears are in the rose family alongside apples, but they are distinguished from their closely related popular produce cousin by the presence of hard cells in the flesh, called stone cells, which give pears the very fine grit in their texture. The trees are relatively easy to grow, reaching more than 40 feet tall, and they are long-lived, about 50 to 75 years. They are usually propagated through grafting on a rootstock, usually from a common pear, although in Europe, the main rootstock used is quince fruit. What do I mean when I say common pear? Well, there are many varieties of pears and multiple species found in Asia, Europe, and Northern Africa. But the two main species that are commonly cultivated are the European pear, also called the common pear, and the Asian pear, also called the nashi, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, or sand pear. European pears are botanically called pyrus communis. They have the standard elongated pear shape, buttery, soft, and juicy texture, a sweet flavor and aroma, and they tend to be larger in size than Asian pears. Almost all European, aka common, cultivated pear varieties were chance seedlings or selections originating in Western Europe, primarily France. 
Today, the common pear is cultivated in pretty much every temperate zone country of both hemispheres, from Europe and North America to South America, South Africa, and Australia. In most pear-growing countries outside Asia, the most widely grown pear by far is a European variety called Williams Bon Chrétien, known in the U.S. as Bartlett. In fact, in the U.S., Bartlett pears represent about three-quarters of total pear production. Other common pear cultivars in the U.S. and Canada include Bosque and Anjou pears. A highly popular variety in England and the Netherlands is the Conference pear, while a variety called the Commis pear is known to be the sweetest and juiciest of all the European varieties. Asian pears are botanically called Pyrus pyrifolia. They are similar to an apple with their hard, crisp, juicy flesh and more rounded shape than that of European pears. They have a sandy texture, remember those stone cells, which might be how they got their nickname, sand pear. Also, another similarity to their apple cousins, Asian pears will indeed ripen on trees and do not require softening, while European pears, as we talked about earlier, are subject to core breakdown if they are allowed to fully ripen on the tree. Asian pear production is concentrated in Asia. These two species have been crossbred to get the best of both worlds, so to speak, leading to many hybrid varieties. Today, pears are among the top five fruits in the world's cultivation, being produced mainly in China, Europe, and the U.S. So where did this ancient favorite fruit come from? Which came first, the apple or the pear? Well, it is believed that the pear was known by prehistoric man and was a hot commodity along ancient trade routes because of their versatility and because late-season, a.k.a. winter varieties, could be stored for longer periods of time. Dried slices of pears have even been unearthed in cave dwellings in Switzerland, dating back to the Ice Age. However, there is no agreement on whether the apple came first or the pear, so that mystery remains, and maybe that's part of the fun of the light-hearted family competition. There are two primary origin and domestication centers of the pear, the first in Asia, particularly China, and the second located near the Caucasus Mountains. Hence, we have the two primary species, European and Asian. The European pear is not found in the wild. Its ancestors are native to Eastern Europe and Asia Minor near the Mediterranean, but it is not known when they hybridized to yield the common pear species as we know it. Since prehistoric times, the European pear was selected and bred to improve the species and its varieties. It is believed that pears were cultivated in Europe since at least 1000 BCE, and the earliest mention of growing the fruit came from Homer, legendary ancient Greek author, who wrote that pears are a gift of God, in his epic poem, The Odyssey. Both the ancient Greeks and Romans valued the pear for its flavor and medicinal properties. They also considered the pear to be an aphrodisiac, and it was sacred to Aphrodite and Venus, the goddesses of love in Greek and Roman mythology, respectively. The ancient Romans were large contributors to pear cultivation, and writings reported more than 40 cultivars existing in the 1st century BCE. Roman statesman Cato the Elder described methods of cultivation and grafting similar to those practiced today. And, of course, Roman historian Pliny the Elder described almost all varieties in detail. Roman horticulturists used grafting techniques to develop more than 50 different pear cultivars, which spread throughout Europe and Britain as Roman conquerors carried pear seeds on their quests. It is likely that Romans introduced the pear into France, and Charlemagne, a medieval emperor who ruled much of Western Europe in the 9th century, is credited with establishing the first collection of pears in France. His capitularies, a.k.a. list of laws, actually included rules for pear cultivation in the king's orchards. In the 16th and 17th centuries, France was the world's largest producer of pears, and through the 19th century they saw a burst of diversity. During that time in France, it is safe to say that the pear was appreciated above the apple. 
In the 18th and 19th centuries, numerous cultivars were introduced from the area of modern-day Belgium, including some that are important even today, none other than Bosque, Anjou, and Winternellis. What happened since then? Short answer is that attention turned towards commercial production and uniformity, and consumer appreciation for pears slowly diminished. Don't call it a comeback, but today's market is sure taking a renewed interest in recovering the traditions of old favorites. Anyways, jumping back into history, pears were probably cultivated in Britain during the Roman occupation. However, production there developed at a snail's pace. By the 13th century, many pear varieties had been imported from France. And by the 17th century, more than 60 varieties were being cultivated in England. And the process of grafting onto quince rootstock began to take hold. However, the majority of pears were used for cooking, as dessert pears were grown mainly in private gardens and were unsuitable for commercial cultivation. The real breakthrough in dessert varieties, at least in England, took place in the 19th century with the introduction of the French variety, Comus. The conference pear, named for the British National Pear Conference, where the fruit was first exhibited, was discovered toward the end of the 19th century, and together with Comus, quickly overshadowed all other pear varieties. During the latter half of the 20th century, conference dramatically increased in popularity, and today this variety represents more than 90% of commercial production in the UK. Pears were brought to the U.S. and Canada by English and French settlers, and by the mid-17th century, there was record of its cultivation in New England. Early Spanish missionaries brought pears to Mexico and California, and pioneers in the 19th century spread pears out to Oregon and Washington, where they thrived in the unique agricultural conditions of the Pacific Northwest, which to this day is known for their delicate, buttery pears. An almost parallel timeline to European pears, the cultivation of Asian pears began in China about 2,500 to 3,000 years ago. The history of its propagation and culture was chronicled in Chinese writings dating back at least 1,200 years. Although pear seeds have been discovered from the year 200 to 300 CE in Japan, the earliest written accounts are found in books of records published in 720 CE. By the end of the Edo period, mid-19th century, more than 150 cultivars had been recorded, and the fruit was long considered a delicacy for the wealthy, along with the peach and apricot. Asian pears spread from China to Japan, Korea, and Taiwan, where they are cultivated commercially to this day. Pears have historically played a role in art culture, though again, perhaps less so than the apple, but no less important. The fruit is featured in works of painters and sculptors from Vincent van Gogh and Paul Cezanne to the contemporary Fernando Botero. The pear is frequently seen in Roman mosaics, and paintings of the fruit have been found in the ruins of Pompeii. It was also commonly sculpted onto stone coffins, called a sarcophagus, used in ancient civilizations of Rome, Greece, and Egypt. The pear is also often found in Renaissance religious paintings, the most famous being Madonna of the Pear. It carried on as a symbol in Christianity, and the grouping of pear, apple, and fig became a common metaphor for sacred trees. And of course, in pop culture, the pear was celebrated in the 18th century Christmas carol, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Okay, we talked a lot about at the start about picking the perfect pear. We've been dying to know, how do you know when a pear is ripe? Well, pears ripen inside out. That means if you wait until the body of the fruit feels soft, it might be overripe inside. Instead, you want to feel the area around the stem, which should yield under gentle pressure. This method is said to be particularly effective with Anjou and other harder pear varieties, while the ever-popular Bartlett pear gives a color indication, maturing from green to yellow when ripe. Pears are commonly consumed fresh, used to make jams or chutneys, or canned. They are a favorite fresh accompaniment for cheeses like brie, gorgonzola, sharp cheddar, and goat cheese. Pears can also be juiced, poached, 
baked into pies and fruit chips, or pressed and fermented into the pear-based alcoholic beverage called peri. This fruit is packed with nutritious vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, with decent amounts of vitamins A, C, and B1, 2, and 3, and minerals like potassium, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium, and iron. They say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but there's definitely something to be said about the pear here, too. Today, top producers of the pear include China, Italy, Spain, Germany, and the U.S., with Washington, Oregon, and California making up the majority of production. Although the peak of the pear occurred in Europe over a century ago, it is still a successful fruit, commercially speaking, as the world produces around 24 billion tons of pears per year. It's nutritionally valued, it's adaptable to large planting regions, and it's embraced in cultures around the world. And with continuously heightened interest and reconsideration of traditions associated with the pear, the world will slowly rediscover its varieties and revive its rightful place on our plate. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specialty Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares at the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. We'll be right back.